Are you that weirdo who's terrified a hypnotherapist will convince you to start robbing banks? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. All right. Hello. Welcome or welcome back. If you're not new here, I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird a main episode. We are talking about something that personally terrifies me today. But before we get into that, let's talk about the drink. I am drinking a very unusual, surprising cocktail. It might not be for everybody. And I actually can't take credit for this um, cocktail recipe. I found it in a, a cocktail book called Day Drinking. 50 Ooh. Cocktails for a Mellow Buzz. Yes. And it's a wine spritzer. And it is a passion fruit saffron wine spritzer. Oh, yum. Yeah, it's interesting. You make it in a blender. So that photo and the recipe will be on our social media per usual. That sounds fantastic, as always. Yeah, I can't take credit for this one. I saw it and I was like, you know what? I have to try this interesting combination. And it has you put the passion fruit seeds that are edible in the blender and you mix them up and you can also garnish with them mm. yeah so it's fancy. fun yeah fancy and fun just like you oh thank you what a wonderful compliment i get that all the time <laughs> 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 okay. okay so are you ready for this episode i'll go first mm-hmm. yes and it is nightmare fuel especially for you Yes. And I just want to start off this um, episode with a trigger warning for talk of sexual assault. Okay. All right. So here we go. If we were to make a list of the most evil things a human could do, abuse of power is close to the top, if not on the very top of that list. Hypnosis is a close second, in my opinion. <laughs> it, Tiff knows how I feel about hypnosis, so if you know, you know. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking I'm being dramatic about hypnosis, but hear me out. Manchurian Candidate. It's a movie about a prisoner of war hypnotized into becoming a deadly assassin. Another movie, Hypnotic, a Netflix original. It's about a psychiatrist who hypnotizes his patients to control them in a number of different ways. MK Ultra, LSD hypnosis government conspiracy theory, turned to an actual government program to create mindless assassin using LSD and hypnosis. Sometimes conspiracies are true. Is what we've learned. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what I'm about to tell you isn't a Hollywood movie or an extinct secret government program. This happened to real women in real life when they were at their most vulnerable and they thought they were in the care of someone they could trust. Let's get started with a brief history of hypnotism. According to Wikipedia, Hypnotism has been around since the prehistoric age, though the term hypnosis wasn't coined until the 1800s, 1880s to be more precise. Persian psychologist Avicenna 
I hope I'm doing him justice, mm-hmm. or Abu Ali Sina, renowned physician, thinker, astronomer in the Islamic Golden Age. He wrote a book, a whole ass book on hypnosis in 1027. Is that how you say that year? 1027? I think so. Feels like just yesterday. I know, seriously. That was three years after I was born. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, he said, using hypnosis, you could create thoughts and feelings within another person to accept the reality of your choosing. Mm, Fucking yikes. Yeah, don't love it. No. In 1770, Franz Mesmer the father of mesmerism, which I believe we have touched on before on another episode, this spiritualism block, I believe, believed that living things, humans, animals, even vegetables, had an invisible force which they could use to control others and themselves even when it came to self-healing. I don't know. You have dogs. Have you ever found yourself giving them treats or taking them for car rides and you have no idea why no but i mean they give you the puppy dog eyes i think <laughs> that's their version of mind control but um did it also include vegetables as yeah being able to control uh, yeah. others maybe that's why veganism hasn't veganism hasn't taken off worldwide we are being <laughs> hypnotized by vegetables to be to 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 contribute to the beef industry the carrots are just like cheeseburgers, <laughs> cheeseburgers. What the hell? I know. Um, that I don't know. It's it's I don't know. I mean, I do, I do. Even to this day, remember every single psalm from Veggie Tales, word for word. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. That's all the proof I need. <laughs> In the 1800s, doctors performed surgeries on patients using hypno anesthesia rather than traditional anesthesia and that's a no thanks for me no 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 Mm-mm. no yeah I think I needed that anesthesia during my uh, c-sections <laughs> I, I think I needed something a little bit stronger than a clock slowly moving back and forth in front of my eyes you're getting sleepy <laughs> <laughs> no I'm cool. getting an epidural okay <laughs> yeah Jesus <laughs> goodbye Freud get out of here <laughs> Scottish physician James Braid coined the term hypnotism, but he didn't really delve into the suggestibility aspect of hypnotism. But over in France, I'm going to try my best, Hippolyte Bernheim. I mean, they really went for it with that name. I wish I got a cool name like that. He dove headfirst into the suggestibility, so much so he started the Nancy School, and it was a dominant force in hypnotherapeutics in the 19th century. And by the 1950s, all over the world, hypnosis was approved by medical associations for medical use, including surgical and psychiatric care. Even the Pope approved hypnosis, but he had a couple stipulations, and I'm going to let you know what they are now. Number one. Hypnotism is a serious matter and not something to dabble in. Number two, in its scientific use, the precautions dictated by both science and morality must be followed. Number three, under the aspect of anesthesia, 
it is governed by the same principles as other forms of anesthesia. And to be honest, this is probably the only thing the Pope and I agree on. These three rules (laughs) about hypnotism. Um, So today, hypnotism is used for all kinds of scenarios, right? Stop smoking, weight loss, anxiety disorders, depression, phobia, memory recovery, even recreation, past life regression, onstage entertainment where the hypnotist turns your grandma into a chicken or convinces Billy Bob he won the lottery. I used to love watching those shows at the county fair. They are fun. They are fun. And I'd always try to, you know, go along with it from the audience because every once in a while there'd be that person in the audience who would get hypnotized on accident, which is always (laughs) the best part. It never worked on me. I have never been hypnotized by choice. Um, But I honestly don't think it would work, but who knows. At Lifestyle isn't untouched by hypnotism. Yoga and meditation can be very hypnotic to some. So it's, it's kind of everywhere, if you think about it. And many operate under the basic law of hypnosis, which is you can't make people do what they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Chu, a hypnotherapist, states, quote, but what they don't tell you is that we can affect what you want and desire, end quote. And that, my friends, is what makes hypnosis so terrifying to me. Again, I just want to do a trigger warning. Uh, The next part is going to have explicit language and um, talk of sexual assault. Michael Fine, a divorce attorney in Ohio, was captured on a hidden camera during a police sting operation, hypnotizing his female client without her consent for sexual purposes. It all started when a female client who hired Fine to represent her in a child custody case began to come away from their appointments with a strange feeling. Her clothing was slightly disheveled, specifically her bra. She was wet in her vaginal area and had missing time or memory loss from her appointments. She didn't know exactly what was happening and there was nothing that she could prove, but she still contacted Sheffield, Ohio PD and told them she felt strange after meetings, which, by the way, had been weekly either phone conversations or in-person conversations for over a year. Police thankfully took her seriously but they told her that she needed more substantial evidence before they could pursue any kind of like real investigation. Mm-hmm. The, um, she began to record phone conversations. And now I'm going to read from the court documents about this case. Upon instruction that more definite evidence was needed on October 22nd, 2014, Jane Doe produced audio recordings of phone calls with Fine from October 10th and 21st. The October 21st recording begins with a discussion of her court case, but when Fine learns she is alone, he places her into a trance. Thereafter, the conversation is of an explicit sexual nature, wherein he induces her into multiple orgasms. Fine refers to himself as her teacher and instructor, and they have a special bond and connection. Fine also declares himself the world's greatest lover, 
and that she needs to see him all the time in private and just for us. Fine assures her that she will appear normal and only remember their discussions regarding legal matters. The October 21st phone call recording is of similar nature. Again, Fine places her in a hypnotic spell and commences a lengthy sexual explicit conversation. Fine discusses inducing her for sexual pleasure and a wave of arousal and excitement. He reminds her to bring a vibrator to an upcoming office meeting. He discusses masturbation, vaginal and oral orgasms, and Fine explains that he will cause her horniness and arousal and excitement and a life-changing experience. Several references are made to the vibrator and intimate contact with her sexual organs. He confirms that he wants this experience to happen continually in the future and that it will be a secret without the ability of her to recall. I mean... What the fuck? Yeah. Like, uh, what? Are you fucking kidding me? I have a question. Yeah. So, did she have any idea that she was even being hypnotized? No. So, she had a feeling, but she didn't... This particular... And all the women... Um, who came forward, chose to rena- uh, remain anonymous. So I don't have any mm-hmm. of their names. That's why I haven't used any names because mm-hmm. I don't have them. Um, this particular client, the original client that came, to, that went to the police first, she knew something was off, but she didn't know what. So she had a sneaking suspicion, but there was no proof and she didn't, it was so bizarre. That's so crazy that you could, be hypnotized without you even realizing that you're being hypnotized yeah it's it's so bizarre it's scary yeah it's it's this is what i'm saying is i think hypnotism is no fucking joke it is incredibly terrifying to me it is borderline phobic for me um so she took this these phone calls so these were phone Um, meetings that Mm -hmm. she had with fine and she turned them into the police and the police then at that point decided to do a sting operation so she went in to see him in person in his office unknowingly recorded by a hidden camera fine begins the appointment by talking about her legal case then quickly changes to let's do let's do some relaxing breathing and within seconds his client is in a deep state of hypnosis and I'm going to read a little bit of the transcript from the hidden camera. He says, quote, let's take a deep breath one more time. Okay. I got to calm down. Let's do this together. Fine says in the video, quote, each time I say the word sleep, you're going to go deeper and deeper, 10 times deeper. One, two, three, sleep. One, two, three, sleep. The session moved to the couch where it became sexual in nature. Grasping the hand of the client whose eyes are closed and with his other hand resting on her shoulder, Fine told her, quote, every time I say the word pleasure, you cannot constrain or hold yourself back. Your entire body is a vessel for pleasure. When was the last time you made love? He asked. Every time I touch you, it's going to be an incredible sensation. At the count of three, you won't be able to control yourself. 
And just as he was about to take things further, police come into the room, and this is all on camera. They come into the room, they tell him to move to the other side, and they arrest him. So this is wild. This woman goes to the police and says, something bizarre is happening. I don't know what. And it turns out her fucking attorney has been hypnotizing her and abusing her. It's the ultimate betrayal of trust and abuse of power. So this case kind of picked up a little bit of publicity and it inspired five other women to come forward. Five other women who say they have experienced all of the same thing. One victim hired him as her divorce attorney and the first appointment he brought up relaxation and meditation techniques and from that appointment, she began losing time over the next few appointments. This is so scary. This is so much like that Netflix movie. It is. I wonder if it was inspired. It didn't say it was inspired by true events, but I wonder. Because this happened back in 2015 and 2016. Mm -hmm. He, so it comes out that all these women come forward and it, and it turns out he has, that we know of, has been abusing his female clients from 2014 to 2013. Oh my God. Yeah. And this is the ultimate, he is like the ultimate monster in my opinion, because he used his- He's a predator. Yes, absolutely. And he used his privileged knowledge of these vulnerable women to take advantage of them. So these were women who were going through divorces. Mm-hmm. One case was a um, a child custody case. So it all for me, this is even more terrifying because it's not actually the hypnosis that scares me. It's the hands that you place yourself in because, you know, the basic law is they can't do anything you don't want to do, but you're going through a divorce. He's telling these women they're lonely when they're mm-hmm. under non-consensual hypnosis. They they probably are. I, I'm married and sometimes I feel lonely. You know, we all feel lonely at one point or another. We all, you know, I'll speak for myself, not all of us, but like I enjoy physical touch and sexual pleasure. So that's not something that I don't want to do you know, obviously without consent, I don't want to do that. But like, he's taking away that consent aspect by putting you under hypnosis. He's manipulating the rules of hypnosis kind of because he's doing things that yes, women, women obviously want to feel pleasure, but Mm -hmm. he's manipulating the rules where you want to feel pleasure with your partner, not while you're hypnotized and have no idea what's happening and that it's happening with this person. Yes. And he's also, like you're saying, clearly targeting people that are going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. He knows that that they are in a low place, and that's why he's specifically going after them. Yeah. He thinks that they're so distracted and distraught and upset that they won't notice what's happening, which yeah. I'm sure a lot of them didn't because they're already stressed out. Mm-hmm. They already have a million things on their mind. Mm-hmm. When I have gone through really, really stressful things in my life I was physically sick Mm -hmm. so you have to think about all of these things going on that's why he was able to get away with it for as long because these women are under so much stress and anguish already the last thing you fucking think is that you're being secretly hypnotized and Mm -hmm. sexually assaulted this is so disgusting and disturbing it is and he was in his late 50s early 60s at the time of this case he had been practicing law for years 
like I said, 2004 to 2013 is what we know of. Yeah. When, you know? I wonder I wonder if there's any evidence of when he, he obviously had to teach himself or get training on hypnotism. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's evidence of him purchasing books or learning material or going to a fucking hypnotism retreat. I don't know. I don't know how you learn how to be a hypnotist. I mean, with the Nancy school in France, I guess. I don't know. But it's like, can we close that school down, please? Like, do we need it? I don't think so. Hopefully there's evidence showing when he's got an interest in hypnotism so that Mm -hmm. it at least gives it a finite timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And how many women have no recollection who wouldn't even know to this day you know that they that this has happened to them these women they trusted him they paid him they hired him to protect them and he totally took advantage of that one woman hired him as a divorce attorney because she was trying to get out of an abusive marriage evil yeah another woman hypnotized and molested by fine she stated this this ap- absolutely is so devastating she stated quote i will not be a room in a room with anybody by myself no shutting doors i don't care who you are she can't That's even awful. be alone yeah i'm sure i am almost sure that there are more women than just six there has to be mm-hmm. so in 2016 Fine was convicted of five counts of kidnapping for sexual purposes and one count of attempted kidnapping. He was sentenced to 12 years in prison. 12 years. He was disbarred. And when he's released, he's required to register as a sex offender, which is a life sentence in some ways. Good. And uh, all six victims thus far have filed civil suits one of the victims out of the six was awarded 2.3 million in punitive damages, and that's to be paid by Michael Fine. I was going to ask that because they definitely deserve to get compensation. Yeah. As well as him going to jail. Yeah. And they, one woman in her statement to the court said, he got 12 years, I got a life sentence. Yeah, 12 years, in my opinion, is not long enough. But I feel like sentencing is always ass backwards from what I, where I think it should be. So I know, I honestly. Know. And we want to have this kind of, you know, like psychological weapon walking around after 12 years of being in prison. Absolutely not. No. I know. I feel like he's going to be in prison fine-tuning his fucked up skills or something. I don't know. I don't. He shouldn't be know. allowed to speak. He's terrifying. No speaking. No phone calls, no speak, no speaking for you, sir. Oh my gosh. I just, it's just so gross to me. It's just so gross. It's the abuse of power is so gross to me. It's, and it's devastating to the people that you take advantage of. Devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, what a terrible case. And he deserved way more than 12 years but I, at least I'm glad that the judge decided and ruled that he needs to be registered as a sex offender because that is for life. And hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, I think people should um, – I personally always look when we go to move houses. We've moved quite often um, as an adult. I have moved, and I always check the uh, registry before I move 
I sign any papers because, you know, I just don't want to put myself in a position to be in danger of, of a predator. I just don't. So that's always a good idea to check if you've never thought of that before. Um, and let me cite my sources really quickly because I didn't at the top. They're always listed in our description, but I like to mention them in the episode too. So I read an article that contained the court reports and the video transcript on the Daily Mail. And then obviously Wikipedia on the history of hypnotism. And I also watched a video on YouTube from ABC News, lawyer caught hypnotizing female clients, victims speak out. Um, So, and if you're interested in going online and watching the hidden camera video um, that is available, I believe on YouTube. So, and that was the disgusting case of the human monster, um, the hypnotist attorney who is um, pond scum, lower than pond scum, in my opinion. Um, I agree with you. And I, that's really scary. Yes. Um, and Dr. Chu, the um, hypnotherapist, did say he had a couple quotes in that video. I used one of them um, in the episode, but I will add, he said, hypnotist or hypnotism is really as safe as any other medical procedure you just need to make sure that whoever's performing it um is upholding the standards and um you know the morality of practicing medicine so well thank you for sharing that um terrifying story yeah you're welcome i mean the more you know right the more scared you are. Yeah, seriously. how that saying goes? Yes. Um, and I just want to say, I did read the transcripts of the beginning of the hypnosis. So if I apologize if I hypnotized anybody. Yeah. Nice going, Cassie. I didn't think about that until after I read it. I was like, oh, no, I hope nobody's... Hypnotized right yes, now? Yes, yes. That's listening? Yes. Operating heavy machinery? <laughs> I, I haven't... <laughs> no, driving a car. I haven't gone to school, so I don't think anyone's hypnotized. I can't even hypnotize myself. I'm not. I'm not hypnotized. Okay. Well, if, if you're not, then better. probably nobody else is. Okay, good. Well, now we're going to take a, a real uh, sharp right turn. Wait, swift right turn? Sharp right turn? I don't know how that expression goes, and I know Cassie's just going to not say it right on purpose I was gonna say a loping right turn loping now we're gonna take a real loping right turn (laughs) because my story is just much different okay (laughs) okay so we're gonna close out this episode with an old-timey story oh my favoritism gone wrong okay and there is a cameo by a familiar name in this story which delighted my little nerdy heart my source is appropriately named weirdhistorian.com. Um, I tried to find more information on this story and the main character himself, but it all came back to this incredible story um, from this awesome site. So that's pretty much my source. Okay. This story takes place in November of 1909 in Somerville, New Jersey. Oh, what a wonderful year. I remember it fondly. Best month for sure, too. <laughs> And our story begins in the middle, as all weird stories do. William Davenport finds himself in the Somerville morgue, leaning over a corpse and whispering, Bob, 
Your heart action. Attend. Listen, Bob. Your heart action is strong. Bob. Your heart begins to beat. (laughs) William Davenport listened for a heartbeat. Nothing. (laughs) So So William decided that maybe the corpse, Robert, just didn't hear him. So he shouted at the dead man instead. (laughs) Bob, do you hear me? So after a few attempts at different volumes, William Davenport had to admit defeat. Even the best amateur hypnotist can't raise the dead, and the body of Robert Simpson, a 35-year-old piano mover and former Newark streetcar conductor, stayed motionless on the table. If you want to hear... A little bit more about other strange and fantastic performances done by William Davenport and his brother Ira. Check out our spiritualism series. Oh, that's right. It's the musical spiritualists. It has to be the same William Davenport, right? It's the same time period. It must be. I mean, how many like wackadoo, wild and crazy performer William Davenports can there be at this time? The one and only. I I think it's just him. And I love him. The end. Oh, there's more. Okay. So you're probably wondering why this man has been trying to hypnotize a corpse back to life. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, normal question. Yes. Well, William was just doing a favor for a friend, as one does. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I tried to hypnotize a corpse back to life. Listen. You know what I mean? If you came to me and said, I need your help. I would say I'll be there in 45. 45 minutes. You bring the corpse. I'll bring the swingy back and forth uh, (laughs) clock thingy. What is that called? Pocket watch. Pocket. I'll bring the swingy back and forth pocket watch. You bring the corpse. Let's do this. I'll I'll bring the big cardboard circle with the white and black. Oh, (laughs) spinny. Yeah. We're doing a really good job on this all audio uh, format (laughs) describing what we're talking about. So now I'm going to go back to the beginning of this ridiculous story. It all started with a hypnotist named Arthur Everton. The day before, so the day before Will Davenport was trying to hypnotize a corpse back to life. Mm -hmm. The day before, Arthur had held a performance at the local opera house. During the show, he asked for a volunteer and Robert volunteered. He may have been drunk. I feel like I saw that, but I'm not 100%. Oh, so fair take enough. it leave it. Okay. Arthur then hypnotized Robert, putting him into a specific trance called a cataleptic state, which means he's not only in a trance, but he also loses his ability to voluntarily move. Okay. <laughs> so limbs will remain in whatever position they are placed. What? Thank you, Merriam-Webster, for that definition of (laughs) cataleptic state, because I wasn't sure. So Robert is in a very specific deep trance, and I'm going to now read the quote from the 1909 New York Times article that Weird History had a direct quote from as well. I'm going to read that right now, and um, this will describe the insane scene that played out that night. (laughs) Okay. Quote, he made a few passes told Simpson to be rigid, and he was. Everton then had attendants lay the body on two chairs, the head resting on one and the feet on the other, and stepped up on the (gasps) subject's stomach and then down again. 
Okay. What the two fuck? Ex- <laughs> two attendants acting under his orders lifted Simpson to a standing posture, and Everton, clapping his hands, cried out, Relax! Simpson's body softened so suddenly that it slipped out of the hands of the attendants to the floor, his head striking one of the chairs as he slid down. Oh. End quote. They freaking... Oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> so basically he made him as stiff as a board, placed him across two chairs like a plank of wood, stood on him, and then got down. And then they million dollar babied him. <laughs> are you kidding me? This is, like, why would this be a good idea? Why, what, what in the hell would possess him? <laughs> Let's say, Let's put the man between two chairs and I'm going to stand on the softest, most vulnerable part of his body. <laughs> I know it's not funny, but this is such a long time ago, so it's I think like I can laugh. Just so it's absurd so, and reckless. It's the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Doctors at the show rushed to help the crumpled man before them, but it was no use. Arthur Everton was promptly arrested and charged with manslaughter. Arthur pleaded with the police saying Robert might in fact still be in the cataleptic state and not dead. Um, he begged them to let his buddy, Will Davenport, that sexy fellow, attempt to revive him through hypnosis. And I'm going to add this next line purely because of the name. Because this is a total throwaway fact. But maybe the best name ever. So at this point, a fellow hypnotism expert and respected professor named Dr. John Duncan Quackenboose <laughs> chimed in in agreement with Arthur. It may be possible that the man isn't dead, is what Quackenboose said. Okay, Dr. Quackenboose, I feel like the head trauma <laughs> would beg to differ. I picture Dr. Quackenboose in a top hat with a mustache, and he's somehow sitting in a balcony inside the police station. <laughs> and he has a, uh, what, a, a monocle? monocle. <laughs> he's like a cross between the old man puppets from Muppets and Mr. Peanut. That's yes. Dr. Quackenboose. Yes. So after William Davenport's failed attempt at resuscitation through hypnosis, an autopsy was done. Like the autopsy text, like, sure, let's, yeah, go ahead. You try to hypnotize him alive and I'll just wait here. I'll just go have a cigarette, I guess, and wait for you to try to hypnotize him alive. So after William Davenport's failed attempt at the resuscitation through hypnosis, an autopsy was done and it showed that Robert Simpson died from a ruptured aorta. So it was decided that the whole thing was just a terrible accident. Um, it might have been the fact that Arthur stood on top of the unconscious man, which caused the rupture. But I guess it could have been anything. Maybe Robert was stood on several times that day alone. I mean, we don't know. Uh, maybe he, I don't know. Maybe he was that having opened a pounce on my stomach booth and was charging people five cents to jump on his intestines. You've heard of a kissing booth. Have you ever heard of a stomping on intestines booth? <laughs> Half the price, double the fun. <laughs> Highly unlikely, but you never know. I just feel like how in the fuck did they determine that was an accident? Because that hypnotist deliberately Stood on jumped him? on his stomach. And then he hit. Oh, my God. I, it's so I think absurd. it's also kind of the thing where Robert, unfortunately, did volunteer. But oh, it's right. not like he specifically. I don't think he specifically probably knew what he was signing up for. But I don't know. I, I OK, so this is what this is the lesson. I just have to get this out. This is mm-hmm. why you are the 
hold my beer guy. You're mm-hmm. always the hold my beer friend. You're not the friend mm-hmm. who volunteers to get his fucking colon pounced on. You mm-hmm. are the friend who Robert's like, hold my beer, man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll always hold your beer, Robert. Yes. Okay. Arthur Everton was not prosecuted, and Will Davenport continued to do sexy magic tricks with his brother, Ira. <laughs> he was sexy. He was very sexy. They were hot. They were. Those were actually the musical Boner Brothers. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, they yeah. were a pair of, let me tell you, they were really pretty. <laughs> they And they weren't sexy by old-timey standards. They were sexy by modern-day standards. Yes, granted, we only saw a couple of sketches and like one grainy black and white picture, but that's all that it takes. Look, I can I can fill in the blanks, okay? I that's all I need. <laughs> and I I really I really have to believe it was the same William Davenport. I mean, come it, on, it it it's it has it must be it must yeah. be. That was a fantastic story, and it despite Robert's unfortunate death, it brought me so mm-hmm. much joy. Yeah. I know. I do feel bad that Robert died, but it was, it, I mean, it was 1909. So. Yeah. Old timey. Yeah. We've moved on. So rest <laughs> in peace, Bob. Except for we haven't moved, we haven't moved on from the Davenport brothers, but we've no. moved on from everybody else in that story. That's in, so. I- impossible. <laughs> That's an impossible feat because they were that sexy and it was a hand-drawn black and white old time <laughs> newspaper picture. Okay. That's their sex appeal carried over a hundred years. If I was an old-timey artist, I would have made everyone so sexy. I would have given everyone sex appeal. Smize. They, it's in the, you would just give them bedroom eyes. Yeah, every single person. <laughs> just so handsome. So, swirly, cue mustaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they were, I mean, I, I even think I hinted to a little bit of like porn hub inappropriate <laughs> brother play but oh, you know I, you did on the I did of course I did uh, why I mean I'm not gonna miss that opportunity to be a fucking creep so yeah of course not and that was such a fun ep- that was a fun episode and a fun series so if you haven't listened to it check it out yeah absolutely so that was a great little uh story to end the episode on mm-hmm. and um uh, thank you so much that that brightened my day um, and it made me forget about that monster, um, what's-his-face, Michael Fine, for, for a few minutes. So, um, anyways, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a one-and-done episode. So, enjoy the rest of your week. And don't forget to love yourself. Lock your doors. And light some incense. And don't get hypnotized. Exactly. Cheers to Cheers that. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> 